0: Welcome to the Black Hat Chat Podcast with Lee Johnson and Reverend Kai, a weekly show about living as a modern crafter, where two witches discuss a variety of topics concerning magic and witchcraft. You can also catch us live on Fridays at 4pm GMT on YouTube or Twitch. The links are in the description of the podcast or in the About section. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea and let's begin. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good people. Hope you're all well around the world today. Welcome back to the Blackout chat. We are everywhere. We are streaming on my channel, Lee W Johnson. We are streaming on Kai's channel across the hedge. We're on Twitch. We have a Discord server, Wildwood Temple. We have a Facebook group, Wildwood Temple. We're just we're expanding. Um and if you want to join any of us on any of the groups or check one of the other streams out, you can do so by checking the links in the description below. We're also on Patreon and buy me a coffee, but I'll speak a bit more about that later. I'll fill you in there. And today we are talking about treading the mill, which is a traditional witchcraft practice. And this is I think probably one of the most important practices of traditional witchcraft.
1: Um, Oh.
2: There's a lot of
0: important ones. I'd say it's up there. Definitely up there. It's up there. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, I mean, I'm I'm trad witch, uh, amongst other things, but this is one of those practices that I don't get to do very often at all. Uh, It's one of those practices that you really need to do outside. I don't really you can do it inside, but it's not really the same effect, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I've done several oh, yeah. inside. It's not it's not the same effect, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a very different feeling to it and since your starting point is different, your destination is different. No. Yeah. But it...
1: yeah.
2: Well and I do agree. I think it's better done outside
1: Mm.
0: if you can manage it. But it is connected. I mean, again, it's, it's traditional witchcraft is all about connecting with the land. So if you are actually physically touching the land, it's a lot better. Um, Yeah, it's it also, it's one of those uh, practices that is, I think is best practiced in a group rather than solo.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do it solo, it's totally possible. Um It works. You still get where you're going. You still have the effects. But it is difficult. And it's, unfortunately, rather difficult to learn
1: mm.
2: without having a group experience. Um And, and I mean, here we are, we're going to talk about it and try to share what it is like with people. And I really, really wish I could just Gather everybody up, and we could just do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, but eh, that's not the way the world works at the moment. <laughs> Be a lot of plane tickets, I would imagine.
1: Yeah,
0: just a few. I'll just <laughs> paddle across. You know. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> just, just doggy paddle and, and get to another continent. There
0: you go. They'll get there eventually. Well, might do unless I get eaten by sharks or something. But yeah, um, yeah, because it is that. There's there's kind of a build-up when you do it with a group of people, um, that you don't quite get when you do it solo. Um, and I was I was going over uh, Peter Patton's book um, again, hmm. and it, it doesn't really mention a lot to do with treading the mill in there, but there is the mention of as you are, <clears throat> sorry, as you're moving around the circle, um, you focus on the person's back in front of you. Mm-hmm. Which then also helps you with the trance. But it's, it's that whole movement around and around and around with a group of people, you're building up that energy more and more. Um, yeah. You now, as you said, you can do it solo. Uh, There's not quite the same effect if you're doing it with a group.
2: So we should probably say what treading the mill is. I was going to get to that. Before we get too much further, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should put that bit at the beginning.
0: Yeah. All right. Um. We will now tell you so, what it means.
2: <laughs> Treading the mill is a traditional craft working that is usually done to help a group journey to another realm. Um, it is the primary means for traveling the world tree, whether you're going down into Alfheim, the underworld, Anwen, uh, the bloody Acre, the land of the dead, hell's caves. Some chthonic place, or whether you're going up into the sky world, into Nevik to reach the pole stars, you know, that sort of thing. It's also um, quite good for distance magic. And that is the same use as raising a cone of power that we see in Wiccan practices. And coning, raising a cone of power, and treading the mill are similar. But they are a little bit different. Um, they both produce a cone vortex shaped pile of energy, um, uh, and pile of uh, energy. <laughs> I'm not sure what else to call it. Um, and how they're used and the way they're executed does vary slightly, even though um, these are these are similar practices. Uh, treading the mill doesn't always happen inside of a hallowed compass. Um, but it, it depends on what you're doing and why you're doing it, whether you're going to use a hallowed compass, how you're going to set up your compass, what you're going to put in the center of the mill, if you put anything there, um, and where you're going to do it. So there's a lot of variations, um, usually raising a kind of power happens inside of a consecrated circle and um, that difference is because the cone of power is supposed to be built up and held and then released to go do its thing and that's not always the purpose of um, what's going on with treading the mill in fact usually when that is the purpose we call it coning which slightly different body movements, slightly different feel, um, similar idea of raising energy through churning, but a bit different. So when we're talking about treading in the mill, we're talking about that working where you go around in a circle and you stir up energy to do a thing, usually journey or heal long distance. I'd say healing is probably the most common. That's not journeying
0: somewhere. Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat today. Um, I think the the biggest or the main difference between uh, the wicking coning and treading the mill would would be, as you said, the movements, because the the act of coning is very much a dance um, around a circle mm-hmm. space, whereas treading is more of a it's a drudging. It's 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 kind of. It's that slow push, um, yeah. Constant that slow, constant push to. As, I mean, as as it's called, treading the mill. So if you imagine uh, a mill in the centre of the circle, and there's a big handle coming out, and you hold onto the handle, and you push the handle, and you get resistance, and you have to yeah. seriously get your back into it and push it. Um, which is why it's 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 often depicted as um, pushing a boulder, as well
2: yes well so the way i have taught treading the mill for many years is in a pool Mm. i get adults in a pool of water and ideally the water should come up like chest high when you squat Mm. because we usually use the horse stance when we tread not always depending if we're doing the gyroscopic not straight up or down the world tree we don't use the horse stance uh but when we're just going up and down the world tree we use that horse stance which is kind of a wide-legged stance think about you know riding a horse uh, but a squat and uh your back is bent over you're bent forward uh in order to do this and that happens if you got a squat down to get the water at your chest level in a pool mm. and then i have everybody go around the outside of the pool just walking and pushing and there's resistance from the water Um, hopefully most people know what it's like to try to walk through water, not swim, walk. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about it is not only do we feel the resistance, but we eventually feel the current Mm -hmm. because we're moving that water. And then, you know, we do all this work and treading the mill at the end, there's a point where you need to sense it. You need to know the little ding that goes off treading the mill done and. You let go, you stop. And usually we collapse at that point uh, from physical exhaustion, Uh, but you just let go. And the vortex is still swirling. And that's the journey bit. Now that energy you've built up, that's moving, that's swirling, that's going, takes you Mm. wherever you're going. And this works really well in a pool because you can just be like, stop and float right and then at the vortex the current you've built up takes you and it's a really good physical demonstration of what we're going to do with the energy mm-hmm. um it ends up swirling much faster than that there's more detail of course but i find it a good way to to get that feeling across um before you know i accidentally take someone to the halls of hell and they flip out or <laughs> something like that you know without without actually doing it it's a good practice run the training
0: reels and you hope everybody floats
2: you hope everybody floats well (laughs) i have lots of people who um will like hold on to the side of the pool and stuff like that Mm. to feel the current and then those are the ones that i watch in the circle hold on (laughs) to the ground and not go anywhere (laughs) (laughs) which you know um that happens uh you gotta it's a skill to learn to let go and let the energy take you somewhere else and that's why it's nice to learn this with someone else because you know you're safe and it's easier to let go Mm -hmm. it's harder to learn Mm -hmm. on your own um this is one of those things where it's really nice to have a warden or a raven man or a spotter basically someone who's not journeying someone who's not treading someone who's not working who is just watching the mundane half of things
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that you know you will be safe so that you mm-hmm. know that you can safely do this and and not have the phone ring or you know a seizure happen or who knows what else yeah because like most of our traditional witchcraft workings it's super simple it's super powerful and it's borderline dangerous mm. You know. <laughs> That's the craft.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering if we should put a disclaimer on, don't try this at home, folks, but that would be pointless. <laughs> it would against the purpose.
2: Yeah. All of this, you you take your own uh, lumps and you make your own decisions and make your own call. Mm. Uh, all these kinds of techniques are, are like that. But, you know, to know, to will, to dare, to be silent. If you didn't dare, you ain't doing magic. Mm. So,
0: Yeah. Um, the other one that always pops to mind is uh, Cochrane's method of um, having the focal point in the centre and looking over the shoulder, pointing at it, and cutting off the blood 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 circulation to the brain, um, mm-hmm. and then obviously also walking in a circle. It's not quite trading the mill, I don't think, but it's very similar.
1: Um, also, it's very similar. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, now that is one that I find work better uh, alone doing the the spiral spine cow look. Mm -hmm. And um, so treading the mill, usually a group you focus on in front of you, even though the manifestation point is off to the side. And that helps with that peripheral vision switch trance thing going on. Um, But the cow stance, you want to turn and actually look at your locus like spotting. Like when you're spinning, mm. and I find the cow stance works best going backwards rather than forwards. Um, and very easy to do in a much smaller space. Um, very easy to do with cords, and somehow easier to do alone than in a group.
1: Mm.
0: When we talk I'm about sure why. when we talk about cow stance. Um, can't remember cochrane's exact words in the letters uh, it was something to do about you standing behind a cow and the cow looks over its shoulder at you mm-hmm. um so you do you do the similar thing so when you're actually moving in the circle you have your focal point in the center you are pointing at it and what you're doing is you are sort of looking over your shoulder
2: yeah you want to look back over your shoulder so mm-hmm. you're Pointing at the center, there's my arm, 90 degrees straight out from my body. I'm trying to look back there. And you should not be able to see with both eyes where you're looking. That's one of the things. You should be able to see better out of one eye than the other.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's, and then, yeah, that's, then that, you that's, twist that's, your
2: hips, too.
0: Yeah. well, You sort of have to, don't you?
2: Yeah. So your shoulders are perpendicular, they're parallel to the radius of the circle. Your hips are more like on a line with the tangent for the perimeter of the circle. Mm. Not quite, you can't quite twist that far. Um, But I think that's why it's easier to walk backward. You're looking backwards, you're leading backwards. Mm. And if my left arm is out to the center of the circle, that would mean that I'm walking jessel, I'm leading with my right foot. Going backwards, mm. and I don't know what that's called other than cow stance, and that comes from I mean, Cochrane's Cochran. letters. And I don't, I don't know if that's called treading the mill. I don't think so.
0: I don't think it is, but as I said, it's just it's it kind of feels similar uh, in a way, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 the same kind of um, purpose as well. You are moving in a circle in order to reach a trance state in order to travel. Yep. Uh, So
2: and, and then we've got the dance for raising the cone of power, which is a grapevine. So your body is facing the center circle, your chest and your hips are pointing towards the center, and you're traveling sideways around the outside of the circle. And so to travel uh, jessel sunwise, you have to go left, which I have a whole "Mm," about that. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) as you're stepping, your feet, first your right foot goes, crosses in front, and then you step to the side, and then your right foot crosses in back, and then you step to the side, and so on and so on, and you weave. And this is best done in a group because when you hold hands, the top of your body will stay stable, which is important, and the bottom of your body will twist back and forth as you step. As you cross your feet, your hips are going to twist back and forth and back and forth. And that movement and twisting and loosening is part of what helps raise the cone of power, because it's a specific trance state.
0: Reminds me of Morris dances, actually.
2: Yeah, there are Morris dances that are very similar. But that, that general grapevine step is really common the world over you know, it's a weaving circle dance step. And there are other steps too, used for other kinds of energy, other kinds of raising. Uh, But that particular movement is used in coning. And then we've got treading the mill, which actually matches Twathel and Jessel. Because if you stand with your right hand into the center and rotate around that point, walking forward, that is the movement jessel, sunwise, which literally means right going. Jessel, the right walking, going way, road. Twathel literally means left going. And if you put your left hand into the center and walk around that point, like you're holding a, you will be going twathel, you will be going against the rotation of the sun or earthwise. Because if you think about what we call clockwise or or jessel or sunwise we think we from our perspective if we were stationary the sun would come up in the east and go this way and go down in the west right and go around and then we translate that to this motion that is clockwise but the sun is not moving we are we are spinning Mm -hmm. and so in order for that movement to happen the earth is actually spinning this way and we translate that and we lay it down and we get anti clockwise, which is earth movement or twathel. So that's why twathel mill treadings go down into the earth and Jessel mill treadings go up into the sky.
0: So this this cannot be changed for hemif- hem- blah, <laughs> hemispheres.
2: It this one doesn't change for hemispheres because it's connected to um the the movement of the planets and the movement of the sun or the movement of the earth and that doesn't change across hemispheres and that's why it's important when doing a mill treading even if you don't hallow a compass you still use the pole star or the heavenly nail because you still need to be cosmically aligned especially especially if you're doing a jessel mill and going up into nevik because you're leaving that planet you're going up into the star realm and don't start with that that's not that's scary it's a weird place for humans to be um, mill treadings jessel wise are not used frequently um, because it's it's a it's a very advanced practice uh, that can really mess you up uh, mm. if you are not prepared for it. Um, So it's kind of like a big spiral staircase on the world tree and the world tree is, is cosmic. It's universal. We're not talking about seasonal level stuff. We're talking about solar system level stuff and bigger than that, because most crafters use like, um, the North star is the pole star. Um, or the Pleiades, or there's a variety of places to pin your pole star. Um, so, you know, that will change depending upon where you are on the earth, because you need to be able to sight it. And I don't think the North Pole Star is visible all the way past the equator. I know there are different, different points that are used at, as the rotation point that we see, depending upon where we are in the curvature of the earth. Mm. so um, and that's not just the difference between northern and southern hemispheres it's different in eastern and western hemispheres too because we see a different chunk of the sky
0: I think it would just get a bit confusing if um, you know if we're talking walking with the sun or walking against the sun because then you know comparing the two hemispheres if I'm walking with the sun I'm walking, walking in the opposite direction you are because mine goes east to north, yours goes east to south, right? Mm. Well, I think that that distinction needs to be made. <clears throat> <clears throat> that it's uh, it's not actually you not we're not talking about. The thing is, I actually I've seen it also um, termed the Widdershin's walk.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, well, Wittershins is a Germanic word. I mean. If you speak German, sounds very familiar, right? Mm. But Jessel is a Scotch-Gaelic word, And the idea that those two go together, I think, is kind of odd.
0: Mm. But they they have for a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah. The partner to Jessel is Twathel. Mm. Right going and left going. And they do really mean right and left. Um, and they get translated to clockwise and counterclockwise or sunwise and anti-sunwise. And the Sunwise anti Sunwise is not a, not a good translation of them
1: no,
2: because not. they really are right and left. Mm. And so, you know, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah.
2: the Widdershins walk.
0: The Widdershins walk, yes. Because um, that's something. You're obviously moving down, therefore you're moving. You see, this is where I get confused now, because I'm going to say you're moving against the sun, you're moving against the the natural order, um, and therefore you're moving down or inward. Um, but we're well, not we're not moving against the sun.
2: <laughs> I've heard that explanation again and again, mm. of moving against the natural order, as if somehow the Apparent rising and setting of the sun and the path of the ecliptic through the sky is the only natural order when we know that it flips depending upon where you are in relation to the equator. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, and so there's this whole cultural pile of bullshit, frankly, that's associated with right is good and left is bad. Mm -hmm. You know and and we can talk about all all of the associations about the left hand path and the right hand path and all of that stuff we all know there's a pile of stuff there right um and i think that pile of stuff has infiltrated into some of the language around doing swathel mills as being more edgy and more dark and you know we have there's that aesthetic in the left-hand path and in traditional witchcraft too of I'm not Fluffy Bunny Wicca, I don't do light and everything else and I understand that. Mm. But um, I think sometimes it does us a disservice and this is one of those cases. Yeah. Um, because it's it's up and down the tree. If you go down, guess what, you have to do a mill the other direction to get back so Mm. you never do only one way you know you're always down and up or up and down you're always going both ways in every working
1: Mm.
2: because if you go somewhere you got to get back um so the oral attachments i think do us a disservice in understanding what's really happening in a mill treading
0: yeah definitely Something you mentioned there which I have never seen mentioned unless I completely missed it through the years. Once you've uh, walked in a particular direction to move in a particular way, up or down, you then have to move in the opposite direction to come back again. That's You like... haven't seen that? No, I haven't. Huh? No. Wow. No, that's why this is a very important chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of those uh,
2: things I thought was an absolute requirement. Otherwise, you'd lose pieces of your soul. Mm. And you don't want to leave bits behind.
0: Yeah. No, every mention I've I've seen has just been, tread the mill, you journey somewhere, you come back, and that's it. So, after Uh, after you've done treading the mill... Yeah, I know. know. So, after you've done treading the mill... You've gone off, you've done your thing wherever you've gone to, and then you come back. And then you stand up. No. Okay, carry on. Tell me.
2: You're not all there. You, so I you tread know. your mill.
0: That's what I'm thinking. You're not You, go, yet.
2: <laughs> you go down.
0: Hmm.
2: You... Uh, actually, it's like you, you push the merry-go-round. I don't know if that's what they're called in other parts of the world. And then you get on and you spin and eventually it, it runs out of momentum, Mm. because friction is a thing, even in magic. And then you're in a new place and you go on your Alice in Wonderland adventure, but you have to come back Mm. because if you just go on your Alice in Wonderland adventure and then think it's normal now, you're now out of touch with reality. You didn't bring anything back. You didn't restore your soul to the original place. You just dissolved into a new reality and replaced your normalcy filters and went on about your way.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So, you have to come back and spin the merry-go-round again and ride the escalator back up the world tree to pull the stuff from the other world with you. Otherwise, you're not... You're not taking back the... Ancestral knowledge? Intrinsic knowledge? Unconscious knowledge? The gnosis bit doesn't come back and and is not able to function.
1: Mm.
2: Now that's not the same if you're sending. If you're sending, you're just sending and nobody goes with it. You don't ride the current in that case. You generate the current and stick something in it and let it go. Mm. And then, then you're done. Um, but that's not journeying. That's not going to find gnosis and bring it back to your people or to yourself or to your ancestral line.
0: Okay. So just to clarify, you've done your treading, you've gone to the underworld, you've gone on your journey, and then while you're in the underworld, you then tread in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction to what you did in the physical. Mm -hmm. Which then brings you back to the physical with everything else. Mm. Which
2: is why it's super hard to do it by yourself. Mm. Super hard. Um, If you're doing it in a group, usually there is someone who didn't go with you. Maybe multiple someones. They tread to bring you back.
0: Okay. This stuff is not mentioned. Now we know where everybody's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this person who doesn't. I hope go with I'm you. not
2: just telling secrets I'm not supposed no. to be telling. Oh,
0: oh that's true. <laughs> yeah. And if
2: I get some some really bad taps tonight from my elders, I will know. <laughs>
0: Then everybody forget what you heard today. <laughs> Other people be safe. Um, oh, well, I mean, you know, if you, the problem is if people are going to put this type of stuff in books and on websites and everything everywhere else and tell you to do only one part of it and then you, you, you do it, you do your journey, you come back, but you've left half of your soul behind, that's not healthy.
2: Mm -mm. i mean eventually it comes back but we all know what soul sickness is Mm. and having leaking bits and everything else or you know not being in touch i mean as healers as witches we run into those people a lot Mm. you know and i have done one mill treading and um all i was allowed to do was push the mill because i was not experienced enough that was for um calling a soul doing soul working it was for fertility though it was calling a whole new soul into the world um but afterwards there was talk that this could be used for retrieving soul yeah. parts and putting people back together as a form of healing
0: yeah very similar to sister which the, um well the old shaman's did Mm-hmm. journey into the underworld to get that little part of the soul and put it back in someone yeah.
2: which you know I think is just one of those basic uh, priest shaman magic technician jobs mm. it's like saying a doctor heals people a witch heals people by retrieving soul parts and restoring and repairing the soul I mean that's just that's just the job
1: mm.
2: you know Um how that is accomplished varies from tradition to tradition and I think treading the mill or some of the other forms of trance journeying um are used for that process in traditional witchcraft
1: yeah
0: um while we're on the topic just in case anybody's confused about soul retrieval um just to, to maybe we should just give a quick explanation um, the basic idea is that if somebody goes through a trauma, they, they lose a bit of their soul and that little bit of the soul stays behind in the underworld or in the lower world or the other world or whichever tradition you're working with and whatever they call it. Uh, the reason it does that is in order to, order to cope with the trauma to a certain degree. Um, but then what happens is that there's a little hole left in the person's soul and it often gets filled with disease, or uh, discomfort, or some kind of uh, some kind of illness of some kind. So gunk, 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 yeah.
2: Gunk gets in there. Just,
0: just a load of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the shaman or whoever the witch will go find the peace of the soul, coax it to come back and then breathe it back into the person which then fills that hole and removes the the gunk yeah that's
2: patch patch them up and i learned that um souls end up in the underworld because like that's their natural resonance place it's the womb and the tomb it's the place where souls are mm. and by existing in the physical you've actually pulled them out for a temporary time that's what life is it is kind of that rubber band state and so when we break off pieces, even here in the physical or the etheric or the astral, they eventually just kind of filter back down there, mm. which is one of the reasons we go to the underworld to find them, because it's like the big rocks end up on the bottom of the tumbler if you shake it enough kind of thing. You know, that's just where they're going to be.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I actually want to get back to this treading the mill back up. If we're allowed to i'm a bit nervous now
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i just i said something and you were like i've never heard that (laughs) i'm just like uh
0: but i i I do think i do this is very important as i said if people are putting this in documents and explaining it and saying go do this but they're not giving the entire explanation of what happens and why you should do it do x y and z to get back it really is very unhealthy. Um.
2: So the trance um, that happens during treading the mill, I think one point to note is that it is not a separation trance. It is seeing with two eyes. Um, It is that overlay. So a lot of times when we think of trance and journeying to the underworld and that sort of thing we think of astral travel mm. where we are no longer experiencing the physical at all we are experiencing only the traveling body and treading the mill doesn't work like that
0: you're not unconscious um even though you've you're not
2: right mm. you're not unconscious you're not unaware of the physical realm, you are seeing with both eyes in both realms. You you have the owl sight, um, the wide brida vision. You can see 360, even though you are still seeing the physical. And to me, it is very much like, like somebody took a transparent cartoon cell, kind of, and laid it over the physical augmented reality might be a better way to describe that these days mm. um, and the the two kind of interpenetrate and intersect each other at times um, but um i'm still acting in the physical and acting in the other realm usually the bloody acre um and perceiving both at the same time so when I've done the initial mill treading and gotten the vortex spinning and then i collapse and let it take me um once i get there i physically get up back get up again because the ride is enough rest i mean mill treading's can be very exhausting but when done correctly you get renewed you empty and refill and it has a cleansing effect because you empty and refill. Yeah. Um, but when I get to the the place that I'm going, I am still moving in the physical. I am now overlaying these two worlds and and interacting with them both simultaneously, mm. which is one reason I think that hallowed compasses aren't, aren't always the best because you're going to leave pretty soon. <gasps> I mean you're gonna come back but you don't hang out in one spot um and that can be strange uh when you're doing it in your living room Mm. you know you'll discover that the door you really need to go through is under the couch you gotta move the stupid couch you know and (laughs) stuff stuff like that um Mm. so it can be hard to maintain those trances sometimes uh in that state but usually you don't have to go super super far, but you do have to move. You do have to you do have to physically move around.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm getting it. So it is an overlay of, of um, two worlds.
2: Mm-hmm. You are
0: physically moving around, but you're also moving around astrally. So when And so when it's time um, yeah. when
2: it's time to come back, you're doing another physical mill treading.
0: Okay, yeah. All right. Because I think when, when we talk about this this, this type of thing, um, you know, we're talking about moving from the physical into the astral. Um, and we get the idea that it's two separate um, activities. So one, uh-huh. once you've done the physical activity, you then move into the astral, the underworld, wherever. Then you do your thing there in the astral. There's nothing happening here in the physical. So then to come back... It kind of makes logical sense that you would have to do that in the astral in order to come back to the physical but you're actually not it's it's an overlay of the both and you are actually physically moving in the opposite direction that you did to begin with
2: now i have used mill treadings, and this is how i was taught some of the early astral travel to push someone and and we use that as as tandem astral traveling and we use that process for initiation um, because we want them to go somewhere very specific for the initiation process and meet someone very specific. Um, and in that case, they collapse and have that no physical interaction experience because we pushed them out, mm. and <laughs> sent them on this journey. But we in the physical do a mill treading to bring them back mm. because they got all the way out. Um. So, yeah, both. You know how this, this question goes. Is it A or B? No. Yes. Just a moment.
1: Mailman's there.
0: <laughs> All right. I think what we'll do, we'll go on a break. Um, let me just... Oh, look. Hello, Lou. Hello, Rihanna. Hello, LeChef. Hello, Lady Capera, All right, so we're gonna go on a break and we'll come back in about five minutes. While we are on the break, uh, you might wanna check out uh, our other places, our Discord server or our Wildwood Temple uh, Facebook group. And as you probably know, we're on uh, Patreon and buy me a coffee. You can sign up for different types of tiers. Um, You can join us once a month around the Hearthfire and have a chat or you can sign up for one of the lessons. If you don't want to commit to a monthly uh, subscription, then you can always, if you want to support us, you can always go to buy me a coffee and buy us a coffee. And we
2: do have some exciting news. So for all of our supporters, we do a show called What's on the Telly, where Lee and I uh, review and chat about occult witchy movies, those sorts of things. Uh, we do review the movie but we often wander off into oh i had this experience or oh i had that experience as we do and we have been doing that a couple of months we have decided we are going to release the older episodes to the public so tomorrow we will be releasing our first public what's on the tully episode Uh, it's a review over evil it'll be on our youtube channels and if you want to see them and make suggestions for what we review you can Support us and every level of support includes our what's on the telly show.
0: Mm. Yes. So. Right then. So we're going to go. Check out. There we go. Check it out. All the links are in the description. And go grab yourself a hot chocolate. It's hot chocolate time now. Had my hot, chocolate time. hot chocolate time. <laughs> and we'll see you just now. Bye for now. If you would like to support us, or learn more about magic and witchcraft, then check out our tiers on Patreon and Buy Me a coffee. That's patreon.com forward slash blackhatchat, or buymeacoffee.com forward slash blackhatchat. You can join us around the hearth fire once a month for a witchy chat, or sign up for some online classes in Tarot and Cartomancy with Reverend Kai, or Demonolatry with Lee Johnson. Just check in the description of this podcast or in the About section for the links to those channels. Welcome back to the Black Hat Chat. It's a collaboration between myself, Lee Johnson, and Reverend Kai over there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got screens in the opposite direction, so I have to remember which way to go. All right. So, <laughs> so today, oh, Caleb, thank you. She said, said it's a good episode.
2: Good. Yeah. Please, please ask your questions and your comments and such in the chat. I know you all are probably going to say we're just taking it in,
1: mm. but
2: I'd hate to just gloss over something that you hoped we would go more in depth to, or use terms that other people don't use, you know? Because just because it's a vocab I use doesn't mean it's a universal language. It's just what I learned. Mm. So.
0: All right, so today we are talking about treading the mill, and my hot chocolate has just been treading the mill because it's been spinning away. Um, Another term I've, I've heard used, and it was Peter Padden who used it, was uh, plowing the bloody field.
2: Mm, yes, plowing,
0: yeah. yeah, plowing the bloody acre, With plowing the, the bloody field. The method he, he, he mentioned using there that was a bit different to the pushing, it was actually dragging your foot, uh, mm. in which case you actually plow, um, you know, you plow a circle in, yep. in the space. Um, he also mentioned using um, a staff. If I'm, yeah, I'm you sure can
2: use made. your your stang as a plow.
0: Mm. Yeah, he, he actually didn't mention using the stang, though. It was actually a walking stick that he used. He, he actually demonstrated I, it in one of his old, old videos. I remember.
2: In my mind, those are the same thing.
0: Yeah, no. You, a
2: a witch's personal walking stick is, is a witch's thing.
0: Yeah, um, I think some some people have a bit of uh, difference there, um, but yeah, yeah. it's just just mean, one of the same. At the end of the day,
2: we're we're back at the all these terms thing. Mm. You know, everybody's going to use different terms, especially for these um, not widely practiced mystical trance experiences, because we're trying to describe things that we can't always really put into words well, mm. you know, so we're going to, we're going to use a variety of terms when we're referring to very, very similar, if not the same things quite often.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Caleb did say, I do believe I've seen the Cochrane style of circling with the head over the shoulder referred to as treading the mill in at least one book. Yeah. As we were saying earlier, it's not exactly the same. Um, it, It's, I guess it's similar. The aim is, the goal is similar.
2: Yeah. I mean, the goal of all of this is to induce a trance state and or raise energy, mm. you know, and, and those are, those are big, broad goals. Part of the reason we have these specific techniques is because we want repeatable trance states. You know, uh, the swaying and used for tapping the bone makes this one trance state, but the swaying, fire-breathing horse stance makes this different trance state. And the treading the mill uh, horse stance makes this trance state, but the treading the mill cow stance makes this trance state. You know, so we have a variety of techniques and they're all doing the, the trance state achievement, but we want to be able to go to the same place repeatedly, which is why we have these different techniques with these different names, because we're using them for different things. Mm. Tapping the bone is a learning thing. You, are, you the goal is almost always to learn something. And treading the mill can be used for learning in much the same way, even with the same entities. Um, But we may choose one over the other, depending upon goals, even though, you know, how do we want to learn? Which way is the best? What are we communicating to other people at the time? Are we alone? You know, there's a lot of variables to take into account.
0: It actually reminds me, because a couple of weeks back, you you mentioned those uh, power postures. Um, mm, now, yeah. now I've forgotten the guy's name I've been reading the book um, and it's very similar to that whereby you are using different uh, positions to induce different trances to achieve different goals so one might be mm-hmm. an initiation type journey, one might be a shape shifting, one might be a healing, one might be a divination but each, each position is um, really brings you to a specific trance which which achieves that goal. So it's same, similar here as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. And this is also one of those things where you're going to have to work it. You're going to have to try the different thing. We can suggest that, you know, my experience is that I use this particular technique when I want to do this kind of healing. But you're going to have to try it and see if that lines up. Because your body's different, your experience is different. And this is this is combining the very physical aspect of tradcraft with the trance states and the stuff that we consider non-physical, super physical. And because the physical body is your instrument of transformation, it's gonna vary from person to person. So you have to try it out, you have to take notes, you have to figure out um, what each trance state does for you and the best way for you to achieve that safely and repeatedly. Hmm. And the only way to do that is to experiment and keep notes.
0: Yep. Journal, people, journal.
2: Journal. It's so important. Don't journal while you're in the other world. Wait till you get back. <laughs> <laughs> experience while you're in the other <laughs> journal when you come back.
0: <laughs> Good plan. Um, Le Chef asked, uh, as I don't know what treading the mill is, but it sounds like it's for trances. I have heard of blood treads. Don't know what they are. Are they the same as treading the mill or not? Um, I haven't heard blood treads, but one of, as, Me neither. as we said, I mean, plowing the bloody field could fall into that terminology
2: perhaps i mean so the reason we call it the bloody acre is not because it's story. it's because we understand that our ancestors have come before us and they have died into the earth right um that's where their wisdom their soul their experience and usually their physical body goes As we go down into the earth, we go through layers and layers and layers of all of the people for us. And we also use blood because it is red as the kenning for the transference of knowledge from one generation to the next. So we are going through those layers of knowledge and experience, and we ken that as the bloody acre the field that we must plow and churn the dirt and the soil is the wisdom of our ancestors. And when we grow food from it, we, we take in their wisdom and all of that sort of thing. That's why there's a sacred meal. Um, but going down into the earth and plowing the bloody acre, isn't super deep. You get about chest deep. That's about all the deeper you get. Whereas journeying to the halls of hell, um, is, way, way deeper, right? It's like underground cave systems. So plowing the bloody acre, plowing the bloody field is a kind of light trance, but it is a light trance in a protected state amongst thousands of ancestors.
0: Mm. All right. So if somebody is doing this for the first time, where should they plan to go? What's a safe safe trip?
2: (laughs) It's always safe to go to your ancestors. Hmm. Um, Your ancestral halls. um, The halls of hell are very common. Uh, Into the mountain is very common. We have all of the mythology around uh, Mother Hulda's mountain, Dame Hulda. And again, it's, it's the same as the halls of hell. It's this underworld woman tomb feasting hall, ancestors kind of place. Um, If you are more connected to a particular god, goddess, patron, spirit, protective spirit, holy guardian, angel, um, their space is a safe place to go. Um, This is used mostly for learning. I'd say more than 50% of tradcraft workings are. Kind of a people out for the pursuit of knowledge, and or learning about how to do more crafting. um, So going somewhere to learn from a spirit you already know, this is like the difference between um, calling them up and having a conversation on the phone, and going over to their house and sitting at the kitchen table. Mm. You know, treading the mill is really that making the journey to go into their space. And because of that you need to be polite you need to ask permission don't just go out into the woods and show up in a space and tread the mill you know you need to you need to make offerings and you need to make that contract with the uh, locus genii and see if it's okay to work there do they want you working in their living room you know um even if they're not the ones you are contacting you need you need good rapport with the space you're going to physically work in, uh, and the place you're going to journey to. You don't just show up. You know, you need previous contact before you you go to someone's house.
0: You go. Hmm. I'm just going to make a parallel to demonolatry, because, uh, you know, I'm also a demonolater, and some people here are. Um... In reference to S. Connolly's work, you would have probably read about Ascension, which is going to the demonic realm to speak with a specific demonic force. And that is portrayed very much like an astral temple type journey. But this is actually the same, it can be used the same way. Um, You know, you can use trading the mill to go and visit that realm where the spirit is and sit down and learn with them and as Kai was saying it's it's the difference between you know sitting in their living room and calling them up if you're calling them up you would be using the N and bringing that energy to you rather than you going to them um, so there's an easy parallel to sit that you can see there um, Just two different methods, really.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you can tread the mill and go on journeys, you don't have to just go and stay in one spot. But if we're talking about beginning first time doing this, um, you know, go and stay in one spot and realize that you can do absolutely everything right. You can tread the mill perfectly, accomplish the trance state, go on a journey and get nothing. Mm -hmm. Make no contact learn nothing have no experiences and come back that happens that doesn't mean you messed it up it just means no one was there
1: Mm.
2: no one had anything to tell you right now and treading the mill is a magical technique and you can practice it as often as you want with the goal being to practice it you don't have to have um contact with a deity, you don't have to have contact with an ancestor as you you can just be practicing for the sake of practice, and learning what it feels like to go on a journey, you can get there and turn around and come right back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like when you learn to ride a bike, your goal was not to go across town, goal was to learn to ride a bike, you know, and you might have done 200 circles in this little spot on the pavement same kind of thing this is a technique to learn so um when you first start you don't necessarily have to go somewhere but if you're gonna if you want a goal you can always heal somebody including yourself and you can always journey to speak to spirits you already know
0: Mm. so when you are in the mill you would have a particular goal in mind a particular place you want to go, a particular spirit you want to speak to. So while you're actually treading the mill and getting into the trance state, you keep that, that in your mind. Um, and then you would supposedly go there, as you say. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. happen. You don't, don't go there. There's nobody home. Um, but that is the, the main or gist of it.
2: If you don't have a millwife, um, the millwife is the one guiding the work Uh, so if you think about a traditional flour mill right it's uh, you know a concave stone with an omphalos on top of it you put the grain in there and there are spokes coming out and there are people or donkeys or horses or something pushing their lash to the mill pushing the mill around and turning it and there is a millwife a person overlooks the work and make sure that the flour is coming out and the grain is going in and the lashes are all correct and everybody's going in the right direction. They're not doing the physical heavy lifting of turning the mill, but they're a vital part of the process, right? They're making sure everything's functioning. And we use the same idea when we do treading the mill in a group. There's a mill wife that oversees, make sure we go where we want to go. And it's a lot easier if you can just focus on doing the work or you can just focus on guiding the mm-hmm. When you're by yourself, you got to do both. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like any other craft. If you were running the mill all by yourself out in the mill house alone, you got to watch all the things and it's going to take you longer and it's going to be more work to do it. But it's also highly satisfying to know that you did it all on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, right, I'm going to go into some silly questions, uh, not in front from anybody. I've got, my, I've got my silly questions. Um, <laughs> all right. So when you're treading the mill, how fast do you tread?
2: Mm, so the way I like to do it, and there's a lot of different ways to do it, is I keep a steady pace, but I speed up my breathing. Um, and this takes practice like everything else, because normally you'll want to speed up your physical movements to match your breathing, mm. which is how we do coning. It ramps to a frenzy and a release. Mill treading doesn't. So I usually go, you know, like, bump, 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 bump. And there's lots of chants. You can chant with it. Uh, e Heton is a really uh, useful one that I like. Of course, we have some Basque influence in our craft. Um, so, uh, but, uh, beat and an off beat and a step. Mm. And that is the one that uses swaying and then the faster breaths. And so the swaying means that you transfer weight all the way onto that foot as you step and weave around um but i've also done slightly faster ones where that doesn't happen especially with cord magic where you're holding cords with the person across so you're really connecting to that person across and establishing just an energetic connection with them and not worrying about anybody else in the circle and in that case we don't sway because that would make people sway in different directions, it's not all out and then all in, because you're, you're physically attached to the other person. And that one goes faster on every beat. Step, 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 And the rocking is backwards and forwards to grab the downbeat of the chant.
0: Yeah, so there's really, really finding that rhythm. But it's not a fast rhythm, it's it's quite a slow rhythm usually. Um, And I think when, you you know, you get to a certain point where you're starting to feel exhausted and you want to slow down.
2: And then you keep going.
0: Keep going at the same pace. Do not slow down. Do (laughs) Do, not slow down. Do not slow down. Do Do not not speed up. up. (laughs) You know, actually, interestingly enough, uh, Rabbi Gershon Winkler, um, I was reading this today, book name's gone out of my head again He's the one who he's the the kabbalist, practical cabalist who went into the forest and really connected with the shamanic um ways of of his uh jewish ancestors and there's a whole um sacred space creation method that he has in, in one of his books and it's actually it's actually a mill treading it doesn't it's not as long um but there's a you actually step you step, step, step. And it's a hine knee chant. And you go around the circle, well, you go around about seven times. Um, but that's in order to create that sacred space, which would be very much like laying the compass. Um, so it's not actually treading the mill, but it just reminds me so much of that, that, that you know, stepping and the, the chanting and the rhythm and everything else. Um, so I thought I'd just mention that anyway. All right. Yep. Yeah.
2: I have done mill treadings where I use my stang, uh, like, uh, Volvostov to keep rhythm. Mm. And so I'm, I'm pounding it, dropping it, uh, as I walk around. Mm. Of course, that's, you know, when the stang's not in the center for something like that. Um, but yeah. Rhythm is really important, and um, using a fire breath if you don't have a chant, uh, and and what I'm calling a fire breath is like basically noisy breathing. (sighs) You make a lot of noise when you breathe. You make these growling, hissing
0: sounds, so that
2: every, every in and every out makes noise.
0: It's like that forge being uh, lit inside your your belly and coming up and those sounds that
1: come out, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, That's a really good one to start with. Um, And you need to breathe to your capacity, you know, big, huge, deep breaths, longer than you think it should take, big, huge um, exhales, longer than you think it should take. And then you get your physical and your breathing lined up and then you move the breathing faster and you leave the physical there Mm. You leave the physical on the same pace and having music can help having someone drumming or uh, stopping or something just pounding out a beat um, a metronome can help to help you keep track of that because it is absolutely um, the inclination to speed everything up Mm. i mean if you've ever hung out in a drum circle with people who are new to drumming, they get a rhythm and then they get excited and then it just takes off. Ah, <laughs> right, uh, and that's cool. That raises energy. That's just raising energy, but that's not what we're going for. Them.
1: Mm.
2: And it takes practice to learn to keep that steady rhythm, that pace.
0: Yeah, I think when we when we mention drumming, you know, a lot of people's minds will immediately go to shamanic drumming which is usually uh, noted at being 210 beats per minute. Um, but the, this, this okay the breath is faster but the, the, the treading is a lot slower. Um, so I think if somebody is going to use shamanic drumming, uh, whether it's single or double drumming, they can probably find that rhythm with their steps and with their breath at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Just keeping in mind that the one's faster and the one's slower. Um, so whereas the drum might beat three or four times, that's a step type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, on the off beats instead of on every beat. Or only on the down beats, on every beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially if you're going to use recordings and stuff, that's difficult to do because you won't be able to liberate the the beat of your breathing from the movement of the physical body, which you need to do at some point, you need polyrhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are points where they don't line up. Mm-hmm. And that takes some practice and it's hard to do without somebody who knows what's going on to guide you through that. Um, you know, uh, having a millwife to be able to do the loud breathing or to control pace of the chant can help especially if you're in a group then everybody stays at the same physical pace but moves the chant differently hmm. um by yourself it's going to take some practice to learn to separate those two and allow the breathing to fly free of the physical and pull the vortex
1: around. yeah uh
0: one of the other silly questions i always used to have um how long do you do it for
2: Eh, that's one of those things
0: you just got to do it to do it yeah. a little
2: thing goes off in the back of your head that it's done
0: I know. but that, that's that's one of the i've always found it one of the most difficult parts was um you know you, you're treading and you're treading and you're treading and you're thinking okay am i actually doing anything am i going anywhere have i done it for too long and i'm just nothing's happening <laughs> but you just got to keep going um, yeah.
2: I would say that point where you're questioning that is maybe a third of the way into the process. Yeah. You still have enough conscious mind to be questioning and doubting all of this thing. Mm. And you're not absorbed enough in your breathing and your movement and your push and your feeling of all, you know, everything else and the opening of the, the auric shield in the process that will happen. Because then after that, you get to the point where you're like, oh, I work, I can't move anymore. <laughs> Keep going. You're about two-thirds of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> this process is a process of physical exhaustion. Mm. Because it, it should empty and deplete you of a great deal of energy in the beginning process. It will refill you when done correctly, when connected, um, even if you don't hear from or spirit, even if you don't get any gnosis or anything like that, it will still refill you. Don't don't feel like that's not gonna happen. But it's the trance really does kick in past that point where you think, Oh, I can't go on. Mm. You know, um, that's when you can start to feel the shift in perception. You can start to experience the phenomenon as it slowly descends, arises, I don't know, whatever, comes together, shifts into focus. It really does feel like being on a weird elevator to me. Mm -hmm. Um, An old clunky one where bottom drops out, you know, and your stomach goes, whoop! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like going over over those little mounds in the car and you go, whoo!
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of feeling, that kicks in. That's a good sign that you're, you're moving. Mm. You're actually getting the vortex to spin and connect and move, and you're almost there. And beyond that, I don't know how to describe it, except that there comes a point where you know it's time to stop and let go and ride the wave.
0: Mm. But I think that's a good guide, actually. If you're starting to question if you're doing it right, um, are you going anywhere? Should I stop? You're about a third there. Carry on going. When you get to the point of exhaustion where you you feel you can't make any more steps, you're two-thirds there. Carry (laughs) on going. (laughs) It's probably a good part. Yeah,
2: Yeah, treading the mill really is an endurance sport.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Set a lot of time aside. Let's put it that way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, set a good chunk of time aside. I would say um, check in the clock a mill treading working for takes three to four hours. Mm. Um, get everybody together, set everything up, figure out what we're going to do, practice the chant, decide who's doing what bits, do the thing, go somewhere, learn things, come back, eat food, return to normal consciousness, check the clock. Because uh, you can't can't watch the clock in the meantime.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just make sure you set that time aside. You know, can't be yeah. halfway across the underworld and then you've suddenly got to come back and go for a date. You know, not going to work. No.
2: Mm hmm. Mm um, You end up doing things like reaching into the fire to adjust the lock. <laughs> <laughs> just turn that around. Move that over here. I know it's fire. Oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs>
0: We'll feel that later. I
2: don't know. You read things about meditation, and they're like, set aside time where you will not be interrupted. Mm. You've got to set aside time while you're not. Know you and working outside is amazing for mill treading, especially when you go and can work with a sacred stone or a cave or a sacred tree, those nexus points where we know there is a power point in the land. Build your vortex right there and drill into it. Super amazing Mm experience. But that's really one of those times where you need to take a spot. You need to have a... uh, Just in this day and age, going out in the middle of nowhere, you need somebody to watch your back. And they should be out of sight, but within earshot. And, you know, aware of what you're doing gonna be doing some trance stuff and you just need somebody to watch the area and watch your back and make sure that you're safe and you know if uh the fire marshal comes up and goes what's going on they can answer those questions and explain things that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff you don't want to be surprised because you don't lose track of the physical but you're only watching it with one eye (laughs) your full attention is not on the world around you so you need somebody else to have that aware.
0: Yeah. You can't really deal with a bunch of people coming up and going, hey, what's going on here? Let's have a booze. Yeah.
2: yeah that's, that will, that will be terribly interruptive. So, um, mm. but, you know, I, I have heard of people doing this on their own and they go into caves and do it. I mm. had a friend die in a caving accident. So I'm not a cave worker, but there are plenty of Traditional witches and people working magic that are, mm. that love to go and work in caves because it, it's already underground. You're halfway there.
0: Yeah. And it's womb. Yeah. Very the womb woman and the like. two are very close. Mm. All right. So so, anybody, sorry, if anybody's got any questions, just get them in now. We've got about 10 ish minutes left.
2: Really? Wow. I've only gotten through the first page. Where's okay, no, carry
0: on then. All right. We've got about 40 <laughs> minutes left. Thank you.
2: <laughs> so um, the locus focus. The locus
1: uh, was, focus. Uh,
2: the dad joke that my magisteroid made. So the thing that goes in the middle oh, yes. for yeah. um, I would say a lot of mill treading that's the cauldron. Uh, because if especially if you're going to learn you're going to your ancestors um you're going for gnosis reasons that cauldron is the womb in the tomb full of the dark black liquid you don't want to look in it but you want to be able to see the reflection out of the your eye you know so you need a fairly big cauldron the other option is the fire is really common in the center for a mill treading for that same reason, like the reflective surfaces of the uh, liquid in the coal. And sometimes it can be a big fire, in which case you can't get too close. Uh, But a lot of times it's the embers, the died down fire and, um, you know, that just shifting morphing thing and just out of the corner of your eye. There are also mill threadings where the stang is in the, Not always. Mm -hmm. um, But especially if the stang is there has nailed down the pole star and done the, the Nevic on one connection for you, then it becomes the world tree and you take the spiral staircase up and down it, mm-hmm. um, makes it easier in the other world to get back because you have, have a, you have a pole, you have something firmly nailed down. Um, and then you can always put a person in the center or people. And this reminds me a lot of saith practices, where the Oracle seer is in the center, and they sing them up or sing them down, sing them into transfer, sing them out. Treading the mill is very much the same thing. You build the mill for them, and they sit in the mill of magic to transfer. And you chant them up, chant them down, turn them up, turn them down, whatever verb you want to use there. Uh, but that focus locus as a natural feature where you go out, you find the working point. It might be the intersection of ley lines or some other power Um, you know, the opening to a cave, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, liminal space is wonderful for this, you know, land, sea and sky is, is your classic space. And if you've ever done a mill treading on the beach, get some of that slogging through sand feeling let me tell you because you should sink down and get in a rut somewhere around like halfway says, and you'll feel like you want to walk out of this circle you no longer want to walk in a circle you want to walk away from it but you can't mm-hmm. because you are halfway down you are down in a rut you have penetrated into the bloody acre and now you're you're halfway in and out. And walking in sand, just like walking in water, does wonderfully. And land, sea, and sky, you're already in a liminal space. Um, But, you know, if you want to meet the Fae or interact with land spirits, seeing if you can visit them in their home, in the stones they live within, um, in the caves they live within, making that your your locus, your center, your phallos, the center of the world, works really, really well. Get permission first, be polite, don't just show up in somebody's living room. Um, but, you know, you will find the fey stones, the fairy stone, uh, just out and about. You can tell, nobody disturbs them, people plow around them, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing. Roads go around them because they can't, they can't be moved. They are nails in the reality of the, Mm. they are the tent peg, the Daleth, you know, those are excellent points to find and like the opening to a cave. So even though you're going around your center, doesn't always have to be your center, (laughs) you can nail down your center and tread next to it. Mm. And then you're evolving in one aspect, one doorway of the omphalos if you're just doing your mill treading with yourself and you don't really have another item or tool or anything else you use yourself as the witch's foot you put the nail through you from the pole star through your body down to the center of the earth and you line up the original uh, crossed circle through you through your shoulders and your hips so that that lines up and then you move out of that center and tread around that point Mm -hmm. and it creates that weird pull thing that rubber band effect um, that pulls through that and even if you're working in a group you can anchor that center point with a person and they can join the mill treading or they can stay there or they can be the mill one Um, that pulls all of that through and guides that. But no matter where you are and what you're doing, you need to do that anchoring point first. And I think this is where the confusion of whether it's in a compass or not comes from, because many of us set up a compass in much the same way. We place ourselves within within the center of the sacred universe and align meaning by arranging the compass around us. And... Treading the mill, you got to place something in the center of the sacred universe. Um, you may not align meaning in that way. Uh, that may not be necessary for your mill treading. Although sometimes I think, especially early on, it's easier because you're experiencing the shifting of energies through it, and you can really feel that that grinding that is necessary. Uh, but you got to, at the very least, nail your center down. Uh, before you begin, and
0: well, that becomes the anchor,
2: that becomes the anchor, the pin, the tent pole. Mm. Uh, mm. And you know, stayings work well for that because they're already that thing. Mm. And um, especially if you have a personal staying like five foot eye height, though, that you can put in some sort of umphalo shaped thingy where it's not attached, but it will sit like a spinning bowl. Um, if you spin wool, you have a supported spindle. It's the same kind of thing. Just hold on to it mm. and let it turn, let it turn against that bowl. Let that iron nail grind against that stone and feel that uh, friction, feel the, the tension that happens there. And then you will be anchored to the world tree, turning the mill of magic at your feet watching the manifestation out of the and merging the two views and and gaining the the broad vision to be able to that way Mm -hmm. it worked very well to do it like that to get the feeling of things Mm -hmm. but you still need to do the the energy work to nail it down and establish a center
0: yeah. So that energy work to now if if as you said, if you are um, using yourself. Um, the energy work there to make you the Axis Mundi, um, and then walk around that centre. Uh, what could we use in that in that instance? I mean I'm I'm just thinking standing in the middle and pulling in energy from all six directions, which is which is for
2: pushing out. Okay. You want to push out and connect.
0: Yeah, so, you know the realms. Okay. Yeah,
2: instead of you being the active reception, as you usually do when you um, call the quarters or hallow a compass, in this case, you want to push yourself out and connect. Mm-hmm. And then move out of the center and turn around it. And then when you're done, you pull it back in. So mm-hmm. You don't want to leave bits
0: so out that- there. That is literally um, projecting lines, energy lines, power lines, whatever you want to call them, from your center out to the four directions and then straight up and straight down. Um, mm-hmm. You just push them out. I, I use breath.
2: Yeah, Whenever you I can use that.
0: breath. Um, so as, I, as I, I breathe in, then I, I breathe out and I will push it out to all six directions. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's an easy method to... anybody can use for that
2: and if you can sight and connect to the landscape all the better if you can you know stand in one direction and sight a large body of and that's where you want to put those watery kind of energies that if you can sight a mountain do that if you can't you can connect to the um relationship beyond your sight but this is a very physical process and so being able to actually physically connect to the landscape helps a lot mm-hmm. it helps a lot and that's why i emphasize so often: you need you gotta sight that pole star you have to mm-hmm. um even if it's out the window because <laughs> this compass even though we're talking about up and down right and left front and back doesn't have to be square on
1: mm-hmm.
2: it can be slanted off or kind of morphed over to one side because there's the ocean and there's the mountain and if they're not really 90 degrees apart. That's okay. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It will morph and turn and end up in those nice 90-degree angle as you move. But it's more important to connect into um, the landscape and the physicality that you're already in than it is to make everything geometrically perfect at the beginning.
0: I'm just trying to think how somebody in the Southern hemisphere would cite the pole star. Um... Well,
2: we don't always use the pole star. Mm. I mean, it's nice to go outside and be able to look and say that is the turning point and that is the compass star, but I will cite other things that I want to connect to mm. that aren't the pole star. And I know I've researched um, for, northern parts of Australia, how you use your hand to calculate the rotation point because there is not a star in that point in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. It is so far off the southern cross and down a little bit. And you put your hand in the sky and there's a calculation you do to figure out where that point is. Mm. And you can use that. But you know, I'll, I'll hook into the Pleiades or um, Orion's Belt or sometimes a planet which makes for a wacky fucking trip because the planets are moving <laughs> instead of stationary but you just you need to hook into the the big universe nevic way the hell out there
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know but you it, need to hook into something
0: but it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, one particular star i mean as you said you can i mean i can see the orion's belt at certain times of the evening yeah, um, could always um, connect to that.
2: And by pole star, I'm usually using it to mean the traditional witchcraft, which is the star you put the pole in. <gasps> the nail that never cools. Mm. The sacred point. That doesn't mean the astronomical pole star
0: all the time. Yeah, I, keep, I keep thinking yeah. you're talking about the north star.
2: You can, you can line that up if you want to. Sure, mm. it's handy if you know where it is, but whole star is a a kenning term for the point where you put the hook in
1: Mm.
2: where you nail it down um the the sacred point that the universe rotates around not just the earth not just the the microcosm Mm. the big big huge thing and where you pin that is up to you just like when doing magic where you stand is up to you
0: hmm I was just thinking about the locus focus being a person in the middle uh, while everybody else is uh, treading around that could that just strikes me as being extremely powerful
2: it is extremely powerful um extremely and and amazing for oracular saith type trance techniques where that person is going to journey and bring back knowledge for the people um for healing uh for that person uh, for fertility for that person, or that person's connection. Um, you know, it, it's great to work on someone who is a representative. That's why there was, you know, like the king was the fertility of the land kind of idea. Mm. That same thing translates. But that person in the middle. And also um, turning the wheel. We usually think of raising a cone of power, the circle dance is a turning the point. But if you are walking the wheel, as the the king or queen and experiencing those mysteries being in the center as the locus at the turning of the wheel aligned with the season it's pulling all this stuff together and putting it into you as experience it's aligning time and and big space and seasonal space and taking all of these wheels and compressing them and lining them up within you that's a very powerful powerful transformative experience
0: Mm. it also reminds me of old dame fate um in the center with uh, Mm -hmm. you know everything's spinning around while the center's still
2: yeah and you know yeah spinning without moving Mm. and sometimes that can be the person who is doing the millwifing but usually that is the person the mill wifing is uh, usually outside of the yeah.
0: actual I was going to say that would be a bit difficult to do that if you were in the middle yeah.
2: and um, it is quite difficult to be wifing the mill and treading the mill for a group but uh, that's a position many many people find themselves in again mm. uh, we only have so many bodies to bend to this work, you know, especially when we're talking about getting together and doing physically.
1: Mm.
0: Anything else on your page there?
2: Well, um, time travel, Miltrotting is super useful for time travel, super useful Mm. Uh, because you can go down, right? Do your thing and come back up in another spot. Mm. You don't have to return to exactly the same place in time or in space or anything um of course caveat 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 advanced technique don't leave bits of your soul behind don't break your psyche in half don't have a psychotic break you can do all that stuff doing time travel with mill treading but super fun super easy once you know what you're doing safely
1: Hmm.
2: and you can definitely um do some really neat things uh my favorite is going down, finding ancestral knowledge, and then going and giving it to myself when I was mm-hmm. young. so that when I eventually do come back to here, I've had years and years and years to experience that ancestral knowledge, mm-hmm. and do something with it, instead of bringing it back to me now, where it's still new. Okay. Um
0: yeah, I'm not Let's... I'm not gonna ask about exactly how we do that because you don't want to do a doctor who until you've been to the ancestors
2: <laughs> yeah do this with guidance and experience and understanding and uh, safeguards mm. and a lot of this stuff I wouldn't know how to do this if I hadn't done it with a and learned how to do it safely with touching my back
1: mm.
2: you know now I do this on my but I don't know that I could have started there. Um, so you need somebody to check in with, you need somebody to, to make sure you're not going off the deep end. Mm. Um, cords are used in various ways in mill treading, um, yoking oneself to the billy tree, to the world tree, uh, using the cords to form the spokes mill Without something in the center, or with a cauldron in the center, don't do it over a fire. That heat rises; <laughs> cords will catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, we're burning!
0: We're burning! Why? Oh no! We
2: well. <laughs> talked about turning the wheel, and then there's just magic. Um, hopefully, most people have heard some variation of the mill magic chants. Mill of magic, turn, turn, turn. Bring me the thing for which I yearn. And there's a whole bunch of them. Lots of them. Some of them are focused on four quarters. Um, Some of them are focused on returning something. But just turning up a bunch of magic is super useful. And then fertility. Uh, That's a big one. And I think a big one for our ancestors probably that we're doing that yeah. uh, churning up the fertility that is deep within the land. Because if we think about the womb and the tomb, the womb is the womb because it is a tomb and the tomb is the tomb because it is the womb.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that is, that is the nexus point on the other side of the circle. And if for some reason stuff isn't getting through, in the flow that we want, opening up that doorway to move that fertility through for the land, animal, crops, you know, we all thrive when we bring abundant land. And mill treading, it's a it's a drill that you know pushes and, and moves into those spaces and can open up that stuff and clean out the crud and allow fertility and abundance to flow. And fertility doesn't always mean babies. Mm. You know, means a variety of things. Mm. Um, let's see. Oh, the hobby horse and the besom. Mm. So uh, just like we talked about the cow stance and the horse stance, uh, there is the horse stance riding the dragon with the hobby horse that is used sometimes. And this can be more like plowing, but it's usually more for flying
1: mm.
2: up. To Nevik and and up in those realms so i don't know that's one of those things where i don't know if i would technically call that a mill treading but it's close enough to be in the related things you know
0: well that that's hobby horse would be your would, would it be your staff
2: it could be your staff or it could be your bees mm-hmm. and of course um you would not drag the uh the brush branches the brush on the ground that goes up Hmm. in front of me and the pole goes in the ground because it's plowing hmm. Um, let's see what else here
0: Andrew did said uh, the chance. Nan taught me a lot of filthy chance amongst all the useful of Earthers
2: <laughs> yep yep, yep. Uh, we talked about astral travel uh, we talked about things that Circle the difference between it and coning. Oh, I have literally done mill treadings with pushing, or you put your hands on the back of the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. There have to have a certain number of people to actually be able to do that, yeah. you know, just for the physics of it. But that one's really interesting, too. Um getting pushed from behind and pushing the person in front of you. And that one's hard to make sure that you maintain a nice steady pace, Uh, but that's an option.
0: Yeah. I think that's actually mentioned in uh, uh, Peter's book.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, he, he, He just mentioned looking at the back of the person. I'm not sure. I can't remember if he actually mentioned putting putting your hands on and actually pushing and being pushed on. But I can imagine that would be cool.
2: Yeah. And then the last thing I want to talk about, because I was reading Treading the Mill by Pearson, and he says, don't do witchcraft if you're under the influence of any kind of drugs, including anxiety and depression medication. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, it's dangerous to transfer in the situation and... I think that would exclude a ton of people it would. from being able to do trance work, especially if you are taking anxiety or depression medication that works mm. and makes you able to function. So I don't agree with that. I would say don't lay trance upon trance. You know, wine drunk is a particular kind of trance. Amanita muscaria is a particular trance, peyote is a particular kind of trance that is one path of trance that it has its place whether in our history or practice it's one of the eight uh, paths of power but we are taking a different path when we do mill treading Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and don't try to layer them they do not combine well Um, there are times when you could combine different types of trance induction for different things but especially when starting one path at a time, uh, because you won't know what's going on. You won't know which thing's doing the thing, and you don't have a real clear destination. Like we talked about, these are techniques to reliably induce the same sort of prance repeatedly.
1: Yeah. And if you're
2: you're combining a bunch of things, you're not gonna get that. But I don't agree with the avoid it if you're taking anxiety or depression medication because if you're taking the medication and it's working for you and you have somebody doing blood work and checking on you and everything else then you are clear-headed you are in control of your faculty you can still do this work Um, I think that avoid anxiety and depression medication comes from the really outdated idea um, that we had 20 30 years ago of you're not yourself if you take these meds and i don't think that's true but don't layer up other substances um i would not recommend doing a treading the mill when you know that that's a trans induction method too
0: say that again it cuts off for a second there.
2: i wouldn't recommend doing it when fasting um 'Cause that's a trans induction method. It's a, you can't do it right after you eat a heavy meal. Don't have, you know, turkey dinner and then get up and try to do a mill treading, of course. Mm-hmm. But fasting for two or three days before doing one is not a good you're layering trance methods.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And treading the mill is a balance between control. You have to be in control to maintain that steady pace. You have to be in control to push through that physical exhaustion. And then you have to let go so that you can ride the wave. Mm -hmm. And that discernment of the control and the letting go and letting go. And it, it beats back and forth as you do the work. It's not just one, it's not A and then B it's, it's swaying across that line. Mm -hmm. As you do the work that requires focus, concentration, and a very clear head and just don't lay anything else on that don't try to use any other um, trance techniques with it i don't i don't include binaural beats you know when i do mill treadings. i don't include um, solfeggio frequencies in my music when i do mill treadings. i like some music in the room to drown out the background noise of living in the city but i don't want any other properties from that music i don't use incense when I do mill treadings, I don't want any other problem. you know, because I am really walking that line between being in control and letting go to success. But so I know there's a lot of techniques where we're like, yeah, colors and binaural beats and incense and meditation and, you know, do this and do that. And then we layer them up quite intensely in order to achieve our states, but Mill treading is not that, um, not one of those things. It needs to be done clearly and alone, and it is a very peak, path- yeah.
0: So,
1: Caleb. That,
2: that's my caution,
0: yeah. okay uh, Caleb said, I'm trying to picture myself doing magic without any HDHD medication. That would be some scattered energy, indeed. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And uh, as you know, we were saying earlier as well with all these different methods, whether it's treading the mill, uh, using the horse stance, using the cow stance, um, you know, raising cone of power with the dance, etc., etc., etc. They're all different trance states that take you on a different journey into a different place um, and do different things. So if you are layering two trances over the top of each other, they could end up pulling you apart because they're going to send you in two different directions. so, yeah it makes perfect sense
2: yeah so you know i recommend um pearson's book treading the mill mm. he's got instructions in there uh, surprisingly not a lot mm. about treading the mill but i don't agree with that part where he says you can't do this if you're taking your your medication because no <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know um that's not not what happening of course this first couple of weeks when you go on a new medication, reality is adjusting, you know, your brain chemistry is rebalancing, your doctor is watching you very closely. That is not the time to take up this practice. Mm. <laughs> you need to go from a very firm footing.
0: Settle in first.
2: Yeah, settle in, allow changes, and don't do not do this when there are giant changes afoot in your life. Mm. Um, you know, Right after a terrible breakup, or um, soon after moving, anything like that. That's not the time for this kind of work.
0: Mm. Again, settle in. Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Does Do we it, have any more questions? Nothing comes through. Andrea just said she keeps losing, losing her Wi Fi. Um, I think I think yours is a bit bit slow there. You keep oh, it's miss, a bit dodgy. missing bits and pieces of words here and there. It's Mercury. It's Mercury. Blame it all on it Mercury.
1: Mercury. Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, our favorite planet to to scapegoat.
1: <laughs>
2: it is Mercury retrograde.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right then. So we'll bring to the, this week to. A, a nice end i love this i think this was a one of my favorite uh, shows so far i think and uh right so we'll see you all next week next week we're going to be discussing the philosophy of magic which was a request from somebody on our discord server um so we'll we'll try and figure out you know what we're going to talk about there um yeah
2: come with questions please yes
0: please come with questions uh we, we might need them next week so the philosophy of magic give it some thought for the next week we want questions <laughs> richard said blame everything this week on mercury Yep. Well, it was until the 18th so bloody hell <sighs>
2: yeah three weeks three to four times a year mm. it happens very frequently
0: yep see i'm good
2: I would love to hear any of your experience treading the mill. Um, and share them with us through our Facebook group or Discord server. It'd be great to know how y'all do it. Um if you want to share, of course. Mm. Especially uh if your experience is different than ours because witches we do we do lots of different things and lots of different
0: Yep. And people get taught in different ways. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. All right then, so go check out all the links in the description. You can find us everywhere. You can give us a tip on buying me a coffee. You can sign up for a tier, sign up for a course. We've got lots of stuff going on, so get in there. Oh. Yes.
2: Tomorrow is the first Saturday of the month, so it is our Hearthfire chat. Yes. So um, if you're part of our group uh, that joins us for the Hearthfire chats, tomorrow at 4 p.m. GMT, and it's October now, yay, Halloween the 1st, and we are moving all of our classes, gatherings, our chats, everything onto our Discord server, Mm -hmm. so if you need any help with that, please contact us wherever you get a hold of us, we will be happy to help you figure out Discord and use it, we really like it, because it's got the video chat and everything right there, so, but all of classes, all of our gatherings, Are now on our Discord server.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you for your questions and your comments and your love. We feel loved. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye, Bye, everybody. bye. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us today in the Black Hat Chat. Have a look in the description of this podcast or in the About section for all of our links and tune in next week for another exciting chat.